I want to answer one question in my message this morning. And the question is, where is Renaissance Church? I wonder if you have this experience. When you tell someone that you go to Renaissance Church, is the next question that they ask you, where's that? Does that happen to anybody else? When I'm asked that, I I say, it's right in downtown Summit. Do you know the town very well? If they say yes, then I say, do you know where Winberries is? And when I say that, if they know where it is, they say, oh, yes, that big, beautiful stone building on the corner across the street from Winberries, that's a nice church. (laughs) And then I have to tell them, no, 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 we don't meet there. Above the Winberries in the old opera house. And now they look at me like I'm either insane or trying to make fun of them. Opera house? And I know what they're thinking. Uh, they're, They're thinking, there's no church above Winberries, the church is across the street, and then they stop talking to me. That's how it goes every time. <laughs> and, and the heart of the confusion really comes down to one of the most common misunderstandings about the church, which is that the church is the building that you meet in. The church is the big stone building with the spire and the crosses, or maybe it's a white wooden building, but it's definitely got a steeple. And if it's neither of those, well, then it's a modern building, but it's still a building And what I want to show you this morning is a different picture of what the church actually is. I want us all to be together so with our own eyes we can see a different picture of what it is to be Renaissance Church. Back in the spring, the staff and I began to talk together about something special that we could do in the fall. And we thought of this morning back then. And what we wanted to do was to gather all together on a Sunday And we picked this one so that every one of you would have an opportunity with your own eyes to see a different picture of what the church is. Not the top two floors of the opera house, not the stone building across the street, even if you've wished for it, no building at all, not even the Summit High School this morning, but instead, the church is all of the people that God has brought together for his own reasons. Look around you for a moment. And I can see if you're looking or not, so please look. (laughs) The church is the, is the people who come from various places, who live in the towns where they grew up or where they've moved to recently, who've got some of them some strong faith and others of them lots of doubt, and some of them both at the same time, who are confident and also fearful, who are happy with life right now and also unnerved and unsettled who've come together with their own stories into one place this morning and all around us here with every one of these people, we are getting a new picture maybe of what it is to be Renaissance Church. And what I wanna do this morning is answer the question of where is Renaissance Church by setting before this picture another picture in which Jesus gathers a crowd of people together and leads them one step at a time down a path that maybe even if they didn't know it, turns them into the church. And here's why I want us to see that, because what I want for this morning and in the months ahead is for us to have a clearer picture of what it would mean to be a part of this church, Renaissance Church, which God is doing something with. Uh, And it's going to be Jesus who teaches us. So the story that we're going to learn from is recorded in the fifth chapter of Luke. And we're going to look at it one episode at a time. Uh, Here's how it begins. Jesus is teaching and the crowds are around him. And here's how the story is told. This is verse one and two. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. 
The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. I want you to use your imagination with me. Picture that we all together here are a gathering, not in a high school auditorium, but beside a lake. And we've all come together because we've heard that Jesus is going to be there teaching. And the reason we want to go listen to him is because no one has ever taught like he taught. He seems to have wisdom that no one else has. He seems to understand life, and not just life in general, but our lives better than anyone else has ever understood life. We, we know that his wisdom and his confidence and his courage and his power and authority when he teaches is unmatched. Do some of you know that from experience? Yes, so it won't be hard for you to imagine, but if you've never experienced that, imagine you are there all pressed together because you can't wait to hear what Jesus has to say. And now we quiet down and we can hear his voice barely because there's so many people, but as he teaches, what we are hearing is like nothing we've ever heard before. It's like water for a thirsty soul. It's like food for a hungry heart. And, and, and it, it, it enlivens our spirits. And there's a reason. It's because when he speaks, it's like nothing else. Look again at how Luke describes what the people are hearing. When Jesus speaks, they're not just hearing good advice from a teacher. They're hearing the word of God. And here we are gathered just like then. Whenever a group of people comes together to hear what Jesus has to say, they are actually, when their ears are truly opened, hearing God himself say just what they need. When Jesus taught, that's what happened. Let me show you. This is Jesus. Come to me, whoever is weary and tired from carrying burdens that are too heavy for them. If you're trying to manage life and it's too much for you, don't run away from me. Come to me and give me those troubles that you're carrying because you can't carry them. You give them to me. I'll take them from you. And what I'll do is I'll make an exchange. You give me your problems and I'll give you a new purpose for your life. And then with me carrying your burdens, why I'll walk beside you from now on in life and it will be as easy as breathing for you. Come to me, everyone who's weary and burdened and I will give you rest for your souls. When Jesus said that beside the crowd, those people were hearing what God himself was saying to them. When I repeat it here in our hearing, you are actually hearing the word of God. Do some of you need to hear that word? Yeah. Or try this one. Be on your guard against every kind of greed. Because life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You will want to wear yourself out to get more and make yourself rich. It's a fool's errand. Give up. Don't always try to get, get, get. Find a way to give your possessions away, and you'll find true treasure in heaven. Don't store up for yourselves things which will rust here on earth. Instead, make it your goal to be rich in heaven, and then you'll find true wealth. Jesus said that too. Don't some of us need to hear that? Yeah, now you're thinking here are the people who are tired and weary, and these are the greedy folks. <laughs> we, all, we all need to hear that word. How about this one? Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Don't worry about your body. Look, the world is full of voices that are going to tell you that there's one more reason to worry, but don't listen to any of them. 
because you don't need to worry about anything at all. You belong to God, your father who created you and knows everything you need and he loves you more than you can even imagine. All you need to do is look for the path that he himself is setting before you and then take it one step at a time and absolutely everything you need will be given to you. Don't worry. When Jesus spoke like that, that was God's word. And the crowds there needed to hear it. And don't, don't these crowds here need to hear that word? And here, now I want you to think of you, here we are seeing the first step that Jesus invites every gathering of people on, which turns them into a church. The moment we listen to the word of God through Jesus, we become the church. And that I want to set before you as a first step for us this morning and in the year ahead, when we want to know where is Renaissance Church, here's the first step. Renaissance Church is that gathering when we begin to listen, when we listen to Jesus. And when we do that, then we begin to hear the word of God for us just where we are, whether we're gathered at the opera house or whether we're gathered here at the high school or whether we're gathered at a coffee shop with a few folks from church trying to listen or in someone's home, wherever we are and we're listening to Jesus' word. That's the church. That's the first step. Now, as it always is with Jesus, he doesn't ever just take a person on one step because there, as he's teaching the crowd, there's something happening off, off on the margins of the crowd. You heard it maybe when I read. There were some boats, some fishing boats that had come ashore. There, the fishermen who had fished all night were out of their boats washing their nets. And while they're cleaning up from work, they're overhearing Jesus. They're listening in. They happen to be in that spot at that time. And now as they're there cleaning their nets, they notice that Jesus stops speaking. And when they turn to look down the shoreline, surprisingly, he's headed toward them. He walks right up to them where they are at work. And he looks at them and he begins to speak. Now, look at what happens in verse 3. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. Uh, Jesus finishes his lesson, or so it seems, but he's not done teaching yet. The problem is he doesn't have enough room because the crowds that have gathered have become so great. And so he moves along the shoreline and he approaches these two boats and to one of the fishermen, a man named Simon, he tells him, you have something which I need right now in order to keep doing the work that I am up to and what I want is for you to lend it to me. Will you give me your boat so that I can keep on teaching? And in this instance we are observing a second step that everyone who will listen to Jesus will always be invited on. And in that way, they will move forward in being the church. Simon just happened to be a fisherman. He just happened to be there that morning. So there's nothing for him to be proud of. But in this moment, what Jesus says to him, listen now, is what Jesus will always say to anyone who starts listening to him. And that is, Jesus says, in effect, you have something which I need in order to keep my mission going. And what I want for you to do is to lend it to me. And that's a second step 
that Jesus will always invite people on when it comes to being the church as they've listened then to choose to lend him the thing which they have that he needs to keep going forward. You may think this is an extraordinary moment. You may think that, well, Jesus doesn't need anything from me, but here you can see quite plainly that without a platform to teach on that is off the shore, he can't keep teaching, and that's the truth. But in fact, this is not extraordinary. From this time forward, all the way up into his death and then beyond, the way it works with Jesus is that he has decided to make his ongoing mission dependent upon the ordinary things which the people who've listened to him have right now in their hands, which they choose to lend to him in order to keep his mission going. If we are going to be Renaissance Church, as we have already been, it will depend on more and more of us deciding to look at what we have that can be lent to Jesus to keep his mission going forward. Do you see it? You, do you? I can't tell if you see it. You do? You, every one of you, has some kind of boat which Jesus needs to keep his mission going forward. And the question to ask now is, what is your boat? And, and the truth about you, whether you know it or not, even if you've just started listening like a fisherman who is overhearing at the margins, every one of you has something that Jesus requires, which he will invite you to lend so that his mission can go forward. Uh, in 2002, my wife Michelle and I, along with my brother and his wife and a small group of friends, we had been listening to Jesus and we started to lend what we had to a mission that we believed he had been calling us to, and that was to share about Jesus with kids who hung out in the parks in Red Bank, New Jersey. Anybody here know Red Bank, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. I heard some say, mm-hmm. <laughs> Red Bank's good, right? There we were lending what we had, but you know, we couldn't find a place to meet with the kids that we wanted to sort of share Jesus with. There was an older man who was on board with our mission. His name was Lee. He listened as we talked about what we needed. Lee lived by himself in a great big house in a gated community in Little Silver right next to Red Bank. It was a fancy place. It was gigantic. Lee knew that he had a boat that Jesus needed for his mission. He went to the hardware store. He got copies of his home key for me and the other leaders. He gave them to us and he said, use my house for your meetings with high school kids. Do whatever you want. Cook in my kitchen, take the entire basement, make it a place where they can gather week after week. We started meeting on Thursday nights. By the end of that year, 60, 70, 80 high school kids every single week would drive into his neighborhood and gather there in his house. And I'll tell you what, it blew every one of them away that there was someone who was so generous and gracious as this. It was was magnificent what God did when Lee said, here's the boat. Of course, we utterly destroyed his kitchen. <laughs> but he didn't care because he had listened to Jesus and believed that whatever he had should be lent to this mission. And in that way, he also was a part of what the church truly is. And my invitation to all of us this morning is to not only listen, but then to take this second step and to lend. Now, some of you have skills teaching children, and Jesus is going to call you to lend your Sunday morning to him and work at children's ministry this fall at Renaissance Church and then come back to worship at five o'clock on Sunday evening, and that's how you're going to lend your boat. Uh, some of you 
uh, are, are wanting to go out into the community and serve people who are underprivileged. It's always been in your heart to help the least of these. You're gonna get involved in Ren Cares and lend your skill to help people who are less fortunate. I don't know what it is, but I do know for every one of you, there is something that you have, which Jesus is coming to you even now as I speak, saying, would you lend it? When you do, that's where Renaissance Church is. That's the second. Now, of course, there's a third step. Uh, after Jesus asks Simon to lend his boat, and Simon does, and there they are continuing the mission because of Simon's faithfulness. After that happens, now Jesus is not done. He wants to bring Simon and the other fishermen even further down the path of what it means to become the community which is the church. And so he speaks to Simon with a challenge. Uh, this is verse four. Now, when he had finished speaking to the crowds, that is, he said to Simon, that is, he addressed him personally, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, listen, Simon is a professional fisherman he and his friends had been fishing all night long because that's when you catch fish. They were out all night and they didn't catch anything. And they'd come in after a disappointing night of fishing. And by the way, if you're a fisherman, you know, even if you don't catch anything, it's still wonderful, right? But you don't wanna go ahead and throw your gear back in after you've cleaned it off. But here Jesus tells them to do something that seems inconvenient and also apparently completely unwise. Go back out now and put your nets down again. That's what Jesus tells him. And I want you to see Simon's response. This is verse five. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long but have caught nothing. Now that's his way of saying what you're asking is, is in some measure uh, completely unwise. And that's how it looks to Simon. But then he adds, yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And here we see the third step which Jesus will always lead any one or gathering of people who have listened and then start to lend to him what they have. And it is the step that is captured with a single word, trust. In this moment, Jesus has invited Simon to do something which to him seems like a bad idea because of his experience, because of everything that he's known, because of what he's just lived through that evening. Everything in his mind will say, this is a bad idea. And then he adds this little phrase, yet if you say so, I will. And that's a phrase which shows us exactly what trust looks like when it comes to hearing an invitation from Jesus to do something that will, strictly speaking, seem like nonsense to us. And here, with Simon, we are given a picture of what we also should expect, either individually or altogether as a church. I want to be very plain about this. If you are not a part of Renaissance, you're just here for this one morning, and then you'll go back to somewhere else, you must understand that if you start to listen to Jesus and then put what you have in his hands, whatever it is, you will get on a path where one day he is going to come to you and tell you to do something which to you will seem like nonsense, but in this moment, what he's inviting you to do is to trust him. And I'm telling you what you should do is trust him. 
The same goes for Renaissance Church altogether. As we've endeavored to listen and then to put in Jesus' hands the things that we have, we will find ourselves once and then again being asked by Jesus to do things that will seem to us to be the wrong things. But the question is, will we trust him or not? Here, let me be very specific. You have started to follow Jesus and then you hear him say this. You've heard it said that you should love your neighbors and hate your enemies. And when you're honest, you're going to say, yeah, of course, because that's how the world works, right? I live next door to people that I like, and I live in a neighborhood with the kind of people that are my kind of people, my enemies. I keep them as far away as I can because I hate them, and of course I should because they're against me, and that's the way it goes in this world that we live in. But then Jesus adds, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for them, and don't persecute them. And a part of you is going to want to say, but hold on, Uh, we fished all night and we finished cleaning our nets, they don't belong back in the water. And the question is gonna be, are you going to trust Jesus or not? And I'm telling you this morning, the church is the community that listens and then lends and then decides to trust when Jesus says something that seems, strictly speaking, to be nonsense. Here's another one. Uh, Jesus is going to say, forgive the people who hurt you. And you're gonna try that once and it's gonna work, but then they're gonna do it again. And now you're going to think to yourself, well, you know what? I gave them a chance and forget them because they're just an awful person and you're going to want to push them away. And this might happen in the church that you're a part of. They messed up and you go somewhere new or with your friendship group or in your family. My goodness, don't we all know how psychotic families are? (laughs) And a part of you is going to want to go away from them because that seems right. But then Jesus is going to come right up beside you and say, you know what? I want you to forgive them just in the same way that God has forgiven you. And if you don't know this, let me tell you, God forgives you once and then again and again, and then you do the same thing. And yet again, his forgiveness is there for you. In fact, the Bible tells us his mercies are new every single morning. And so here comes Jesus telling you something that would sound like put your nets back in after a night where you didn't catch anything. And the question is gonna be, will you trust him or not? At Renaissance Church is wherever People are listening to Jesus and lending what they have and then choosing to trust him when he asks us to go in a direction that maybe to us doesn't seem right. But if we will keep our ears open, then we ourselves will find Jesus building us into the community that gets to trust him in ever new ways. And can I tell you what happens uh, when this group of fishermen chooses to trust Jesus? Do some of you know what happens? Nobody here knows or you're too modest to sort of make a sound. You know. They put the nets down and they catch so many fish that they can't even haul them in. The nets start to rip. And then one boat calls to the other boat and says, hey, come over. We need your help. The other boat comes over. They pull up the nets. There are so many fish that they load them into the boats and the boats actually start to sink. And this is a picture of what we can always count on if we're willing to listen and lend and trust. The outcome will always be better than we could have ever hoped. And this is true for every church and for every individual. It may take a really long time. It may be longer than just one night of fishing. But the promise here that I get to give you all this morning in this auditorium is that if you listen to Jesus and put in his hands what he's given you already for his mission, and then you trust him, at some point, the outcome will be better than you could have ever dreamed. And I promise that through and through that it's true. That's how it works. (laughs) 
This is what happens. The men who see it are shocked. And they're shocked because now they know what they had suspected earlier. When they heard Jesus, they thought, nobody's like this guy. Who is he? And now that they see what he's done, they understand that they are right in the presence of divinity. This is God come right into the boat with them. And the outcome of being that close to his power and his goodness and his purity and his holiness is that they are terrified. And Simon speaks up for all of them because being right there in the light of Jesus' perfection makes him look at himself and say, I am absolutely unworthy of being near to this one. And I'll tell you right now, if we get close to Jesus, which I hope we will, what will always happen is we'll look at ourselves and we'll say, I am not worthy to be in the presence of this holiness. Simon says, Lord, get away from me. I'm too sinful. He looks at who he is and he says, I don't have a right to be in your presence. And he tells Jesus, get away. And we will find ourselves looking at this man, this woman, this gathering of people. And we will say, who are we to suppose that we should have anything to do with such might and power and goodness? We should expect that as the church if we will come up close to Jesus. But what Jesus says to Simon is so magnificent. He basically says to him the exact opposite of what Simon says to Jesus. Look at verse 10. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Uh, this is Jesus' way of saying, first of all, Simon, I know everything about you, the things that you're aware of and the things that you haven't even seen. I know them all and you do not need to be afraid around me because I want to be with you just as you are. I know the wreck that you've made. I know the mistakes that you've made in the past and I even know the mistakes that you're going to make that you haven't even imagined yet. I know you're a sinner through and through, but you know, I want you with me. I want you in the same boat that I'm in and I want you with my people. And by the way, that is what Jesus says to every man and woman who is willing to look honestly at herself, at himself and say, I'm not worthy. Jesus says, yes, I know. Don't be afraid. I want you with me. And then when he adds, from now on, you will be catching people, what he's telling Simon is that your future from now on is to join up with me and become a part of the mission that I want you on with me. The mission of gathering as many people as possible and bringing them close to me, just as we've brought these fish into this boat to be close to me. And that's the fourth step that Jesus will always lead every group of people on. It is to join it is to join not, and please understand this, not first of all to join some church. Not to join up with some building. No, I think Jesus couldn't care less about that. But rather to join up with a movement to join up with a very good mission, to say, I'm in because of everything that I've heard and because he's made such good use of the thing that I've lent him and because my trust in him proved to be good, well-placed trust. Now I'm ready to join. And if you know how the story unfolds, Simon's name is changed from Simon to, would you like to show off? Go ahead. To, to Peter, which means rock. And he gets to have a front row seat, listen now, no longer as a spectator, but rather as a participant in the mission. That is, Jesus invites him out of the seat and into the boat, metaphorically, to be at work with him in the mission going forward. And I promise you that what God wants for every one of you here, 
no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, is for you to get out of your seat and to get at work joining into the mission that Jesus is up to in the world. The mission where people are brought close to him and because of it, everything is turned around and life is good. Because of it, they can set down their burdens and exchange their burdens for a good purpose. Because of it, they can stop chasing after things and instead become generous people who give in the world. And because of it, they can no longer be hampered and ruined by worry, but can be confident as they move forward, having joined up with the mission that Jesus is up to. Let me say this with gratitude in my heart, and I do. I say this with full gratitude. There are many people in this auditorium this morning and who aren't in this auditorium because they're out there, who all along from before many of us had even heard of Renaissance Church have been doing exactly this, who have joined Jesus' mission here in Summit and the region around us, and who have put what they have into it to make this place a wonderful place where God's mission has been unfolding. Some of them were the ones that you met on your way in here. They were wearing those really snappy black T-shirts. Some of them are off working with children now, some of them this week will be at work with middle school students or, or with high school students. Some of them will be at work producing what happens here on Sunday so you can hear me and so you can see me. Some of them will be gathering together in women's ministry or men's ministry this week on Wednesday. Some of them will be working at small groups together to grow. They will be putting what they have into Jesus' hands to join his mission. Others of you who are here have joined in Jesus' work, but outside of Renaissance Church. You go to an office on the 53rd floor and there you carry yourself differently because you are a follower of Jesus. You've joined into his mission with your integrity and your honesty at work. Now, some of you have joined into his work uh, tomorrow morning. It will be uh, around the breakfast table and then in the evening, the dinner table with your family, with your children. It will be in the living room. It, it will be on the front porch in conversations or at the coffee shop. Now, some of you in your neighborhoods, uh, or with other organizations that maybe don't even consciously serve Jesus, but they're so good that deep down inside they serve his purposes by giving love to people who are bereft because they've lost folks. Every one of us has the potential before us to join into Jesus' mission and in that way become the church. Now, I want our time here at Summit High School, and I have to be honest, I'm going to miss this next week. I want it to be as practical as possible. And so I want to put all four of these up at once here on the screen. And I want you to see them. And now I want you to consider the question I started with, where is Renaissance Church? And I want to propose just this four-word answer. Where is Renaissance Church? It's wherever people are listening to Jesus. And because of what they've heard, taking a step to lend what they have. And then as they're lending, they're being drawn forward even further to trust him so that they are joining together in the mission that he's up to. Uh, this is what I and the staff, this is what the elders, this is what those who have been thinking and praying for you really hope that you will do. It is that you will take the steps, whichever step is the right one for you on this path, even now, even this morning, so that God himself will meet you as you move forward and be building this church with you. Uh, here, let me tell you how I think you should do this. When we're done, when we finish singing our last song and we're sent out, I would say this, do not rush 
right back to your car. If you need to use the restroom, wow, these high school restrooms are a lot better than the opera house restrooms. So go enjoy. And then when you're done, <laughs> when you're done, you come out of there and don't just hustle off. Please listen. And I really am challenging you to do this. Stay around and enjoy some of the refreshments, the food that has been set out for you by people, by the way, who've joined in Jesus' mission. And while you're enjoying that, would you take some time to chat with someone that you've not met before? Maybe because they always go to a different service than you do at the opera house. But, but be brave. If you're shy, go up to someone. Introduce yourself and start talking. Who knows? But God might make a connection for you that he was just waiting for this morning for you to find and discover so that your life can become better as you move forward. Do that. And then as you're chatting, I want you to look over and see the tables that have been set out. The tables organized around our mission right now of gathering and growing and going. And if Jesus has tugged on your heart just a tiny bit as you've listened this morning, do not miss the opportunity to go over and see if there is a way for you to take a step forward by getting involved in one of the ways that this church gathers people. And maybe you should help out with production on Sunday morning at the Opera House. Uh, the ways that this church helps people grow. Maybe it's time for you to get involved, as I've suggested, in teaching children or working with students. Maybe it's time for you to get off the couch on Wednesday nights because you've already seen that episode of The Office five times and go off to, to men's ministry instead or to get involved in min the ministry that is happening here for women or to go out and get connected. It's like I've watched episodes, uh, seasons one through six of The Office 10 times. It's time for me to get off my couch. It's time for some of you to go find your way to the Ren, church, or the Ren Cares tables and invest in going out to serve others in Jesus' name. And my challenge to you is to go and to talk and then to find your way uh, after having listened, to lend what you have so that you can trust Jesus and join. And in that way, make Renaissance Church what God wants it to be. That's my challenge to you. Let's pray now and ask God to move us all forward as we've heard from him this morning. God, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity this morning to gather at this beautiful place. We thank you for the people who are at work here at Summit High School who aren't a part of our church but have been perhaps as they've overheard. God, we thank you for their willingness to be here this morning and help us. We thank you for all the hands that were laboring to make this service great. And I thank you for every man and woman, every child that's in this auditorium. I pray that as I've spoken, that your word would have gone out, that they would have heard through Jesus' words that I spoke your word to them, and that hearing would have built them up. I pray that we would have been encouraged where we need to be encouraged, challenged where we need to be challenged, uh, built up and pushed forward where we need to be pushed. And I pray for all of this so that your church, Renaissance Church, would grow and become the, the Renaissance church that you want it to be in this year ahead. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.